Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy. Welcome back to Sharp HR Career Corner. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to part two with Andrew Chambers from Arc Iron Creations. We hope you'll enjoy. We'll get right to it. You create something and it's, it's your baby. Like It's what you've created. There's nothing better than that. No, the feeling of finishing a job and having made the thing is just one of the, to me, one of the most incredible feelings in the world. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those priceless moments absolutely. where you can't really explain to somebody how that feels. When the customer says to you, oh my gosh, like this is better than I even expected. That's where it really is at. <laughs> you know, my drawing techniques, even though I was a good artist to start with, my drawing techniques for ironwork, which are very specific to drawing that, have vastly improved. And people like the drawings that I give them. But then they get the piece and they're like, this is just, it's incredible. It's always that much better than the drawing was, sure. you know, and the drawing was good, but yeah. then, the, then you have the piece there. And, uh, but you know, the, really feeling, the feeling of creating to me is, is I, I think we could expand on this into, I think that's part of what society is missing. People need to create things. I think it gives you a real sense of Push accomplishment. Up. Absolute. I look back at the, the gallery on my website or, or the social media stuff that I put things on and I, I look at amount of work that's on there and I, I say, like, I can't believe we've made this much stuff, you know, even in this amount of time. But when you actually take the time out and appreciate what it took to create it, that piece is worth so much more. It is. What you're really buying when you come to someone like me and you're, who's an artist, a blacksmith, creating you know, a piece of furniture or something paying for that, that person's ability, knowledge, and time mm-hmm. to getting a piece at the end. But that's yeah. really what you're buying, what they have to offer. And you could go to a hundred different blacksmiths and tell them the same thought in your head and get a hundred different pieces. Right. Because yeah. e- each one, everyone that I know that does it, they all have their own twist on what it is that they do. You know, we're talking about starting your own business. And I come across a lot of people, whether they're students or people out there actually in a career right now, they've always wanted to start their own business. Some of them just never get around to it. Some of them don't know what it takes to do it. You talked about how you started. You grew up with your dad with these companies, so you knew how it kind of worked. And so you took that leap. But if someone's sitting out there and, and they have that idea, they just haven't really pursued it, what things should they consider before they actually start that business? Of huge importance is their is their needs money-wise. Can their business produce revenue for them right away? A lot of businesses do not. Part of the advantage that, as you just mentioned, that I had was I had my father's business that I was running basically mm-hmm. for him. And then I was doing the blacksmithing on the side. If you're going to do it, and you know, and I'm not saying this to dissuade anyone, be prepared to work a lot. A lot of people, when they do start their own business, maybe they are continuing to work at a job and then running their own business also. So you're going to put a, a lot of hours in. Don't be afraid. If it's something that you're passionate about, you know that there's a good business plan and it can produce revenue. You have to jump in and try. You, again, you have to be prepared for what it is. I mean, I guess every business is going to be different. So yeah. it just depends on if you're going to get into a business like what I'm doing, you know, you have to know what your client base is going to be. You would see start by trying to sell maybe down the same path that I did by doing shows first. And then yeah, that's a really good idea. Pieces. 
Because then you can see how many people are really interested in what you're doing. Right. I, I was just talking to another person who owns a company. She and her husband started it, and they both have careers of their own on the side. And then they started this business together. When I asked her, will she ever like step away from the other? And she said, no, you know, that's kind of their safety that they keep that going. Sure. And then they have this. And, and if you, and can, you can do, do more, if you can do that, that's yeah. great. Uh, again, that, like that's just a willingness to go out and do at the beginning. And I, mean, I try not to anymore. I mean, I do spend a lot of time at the shop, but at the, at the beginning, I, when I was doing both, there would be weeks that I would spend over a hundred hours. It's harder to do now. It was easier to do when I was 27. That's really what it is, is to me making the commitment you're going to put the effort in and then going out and doing it. I think if you have a good plan and you have the willingness to go out and and go after it, if you watch any shows on people who are successful and they'll all tell you they've all failed a million times, but what was not there was the fear of failing. Just went after it. And if they failed, they went at it again. And they almost look at failure as not failure. No, it's a learning learning experience. experience. That's it. And, And you will hear more people who own their own business say that. It's the people that don't have their own businesses that have never tried that. Their fear is to fail. Right. And again, um, patience. Yeah. Don't, don't be impatient. Don't think that don't you know, you're going to start right your away. company and make a million dollars immediately. That That isn't what happens normally. There are people out there who come up with crazy great ideas. I'm sure make a lot of money. But I would say you know, 99.9% of the people that are running companies, that's not the case. You start your company, you're going to build it over time. Then you're going to get to the point where you're doing something you love. Mm-hmm. You may never make millions of dollars. You might make a good living doing it. And, and you might be, really enjoy it. It's yes. right. Be happy. And yes. that, that's, a, that's a big thing. What I think is great is that you used something that you really enjoyed doing, which was art. And you were able to bring that into something that you love to do. And it all kind of fit. And so now you can do both at the same time. People don't even think that sometimes. Sometimes that their passion, they say, oh, man, I can't do anything with that. And I say, well, why can't you bring the two worlds together? Because it'll make it even better for you. Right. And and they're like, well, I hadn't thought about that. I don't know if you can do that. And nowadays, even more so, you can do it. I agree. And, And I think that people need to find that thing that they are passionate about and then figure out what it is in that area that they can make money doing because yeah. there, there's something out there. Yeah, I think there is. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about blacksmithing and students who might be interested. Please come back and join us. Have you applied to more jobs than you care to admit with no or little response? You are not alone. And it's time to have your resume reviewed. Contact Sharp Human Resources. We can help. Welcome back to Sharp HR Career Corner. We're here today with Andrew Chambers from Arc Iron Creations. If someone is out there and they're interested in learning more about what you do, maybe they have an idea of something that they want to have created, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, well, they could go to my website, which is arcironcreations.com, or find me on social media, Instagram page. They can contact me directly through that, Facebook page. And we found you through LinkedIn, so you're on LinkedIn. Sure, I'm on LinkedIn also. If there's a parent out there who might have a child who is in elementary, middle school, high school, 
is looking into trades but really doesn't even know where to start. What kind of advice would you give a parent who might have a child right well, now? Well, I mean, depending on what trade they're interested in. I mean, obviously, you know the path that, that we've gone down to help Colin yeah. out. Find the person that you know who's involved in that trade and go go talk to them. Take your son or daughter and go speak with whoever it is that you might know, you know, be it a welder or a blacksmith or a plumber mm-hmm. or an electrician. Find out what it takes to go in that direction. There's tons of resources, as we've spoken about on YouTube. For blacksmithing, obviously, like you mentioned, there's clubs. There's a local club that they can be involved in. Uh, You took Colin out to Rochester, Ark and Flame. They're popping up all over the place. There's like little schools that have fall classes that can do on a weekend or a week-long class. Mm -hmm. I would say look for those types of things. As far as skilled trades go, I don't know if there anything exists like that. But Well, I know but, Northland downtown has now a center for students who are looking into some trades. And recently I've been seeing some job fairs, career fairs popping up that are specifically to trades. So I'm, I'm starting to see just a very small amount of movement towards at least exposing students to a little bit more. Sure. I hope that through this podcast and through maybe more down the road, people will start to get connected. I found for myself, just started talking to people, just talking to them about the fact that I had a son that was interested and who knows who. And in Buffalo, everybody everybody knows knows somebody and somebody knew a blacksmith. (laughs) So I think that that's where it really starts is just having the conversation. I think that maybe some parents might be a little hesitant because a lot of their friends' kids might be going off to college. Sure. And now they might have a child that's interested in a trade. And so I think that that stigma really does need to change. I think it's going to, and it's going too fast because I can tell you, like, especially in, in Buffalo, there's a lack. Everyone I talk to can't find anybody to work, right? Yeah. And uh, if you want to hire a welder in the city of Buffalo, it's very difficult. Buffalo and New York State in general, we've got population decline. Mm-hmm. So the people who are good at what they do, they have jobs already. When you want to find someone, it's difficult. To. Yeah. And I hear this from everyone in every trade, plumbers and friends of mine who own construction companies, carpenters, they just can't find. It's so difficult to find somebody. And a it, consumer, it's even hard to find somebody to come in and give you a quote. Because on, on a busy. job, yeah, that, that's really what it is, and and yeah. you know, I, we spoke about this. That some people are just afraid; they don't want to put so much on on themselves. You know, most people who run businesses take they want to take everything on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much that you can do, yeah. and there's there's just not enough people to do it all. At this yeah, point. you know, when you compare going to college, which many people do, and it's it's good for many, but they also have some sort of debt coming out of that. Sure, with a lot of these trades now, they will get paid while they're learning. And some, they when they get out, they're starting at a really great starting salary. Right, there's so, apprenticeships, right? And if you can get paid to yeah. learn something, like yeah. that's, that's better than becoming in debt. There's welding schools out there that are not very expensive. Mm-hmm. To, so you're not, you're not coming out burdened with the same type of debt that you might if you went to four years of college. And, and people uh, grabbing them as right, soon as they right graduate. As soon as they graduate. A lot of times they'll have jobs lined up before they're finished. And you were talking, I think, um, to my son about schools for blacksmithing, that as soon as they're coming out of those colleges, they're being grabbed up. Right. There's a school down in the Carolinas that's called the American School of Building Arts, and they offer blacksmithing and other building trades also, carpentry. I think there's a third one. I'm not certain what it okay. is. Uh, but the blacksmithing program, it's a four-year program, and they try to place the students at the end of each year for the summer on a paid internship at a shop. Their intention would be that you go there for the three you know, summers, and then when you graduate, 
that's get where you job. go to get your job. That they're ready to hire you. Huh. And they told me when I they talked to me about having someone come to my shop. I just was not ready for that yet. Yeah. They told me that a first year student can come in and work. Like they are, they know ready to go. how to come in and do stuff. They should be able to come into your shop and function. Maybe, you know, maybe not on the level obviously you can, but they can function. But they you know can what have them doing. do stuff. There really is opportunities out there. If you're a parent who has a child who has some sort of interest, there's enough resources to find and and get involved and ask questions, make sure that that student really is interested. I know, you know, when you're talking sometimes to younger students, their ideas change very quickly. And so, so you start the conversation, start meeting people, start talking to people, visit shops. And if that interest continues for a period of time, then you might have somebody who's really going to be good at, at a trade. Right. Get them Um, into, you know, I mean, there's still BOCES programs that exist. There's nothing wrong with going and doing, taking a class uh, into and learning um, about it. A friend of mine's son is in the welding program and he's going to come and intern at my shop also. So, and we've done that in the past where we've taken kids out of the BOCES programs because they have them go and, and shadow at shops and we always have them work. You That's know, I great. always try to have them do something. You know, a lot of people say, well, you're going to go to a shop and sweep the floor. Well, what are you learning doing that? I mean, nothing wrong with it. You should be able to sweep the floor. Right, right. <laughs> but, but and you always have to do those jobs. That's it. If you have a child that leans that direction, work that way. They might not be meant to go to college. Um, That's just not, might not be their thing. What do you have coming up for um, Art Iron Creations? Well, we have some really cool projects uh, going on right now, building some really great wine racking for a client, a few bronze fireplace doors that we have coming up. And then I just talked to a client about a railing the other day. I try to keep myself lined up with enough work that, you know, I'm looking three or four months down the road. Do you still do any kind of summer events? No, I haven't done those for a while. I've looked at a couple. Like there's a one in Philadelphia called the Philadelphia Furniture Show. Very big show. Doing shows is difficult because you have to build up a stock of of items. You know, you're not really getting paid for making those. Right. And then you're taking the chance that you're going to go sell those things. And I do make stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. I don't usually have a giant stock of it anymore. Usually I make a piece... I have two or three maybe, but not enough to maybe go do a show anymore. If there's some students out there that are listening who might be interested maybe in blacksmithing, what kind of advice would you have for a student who maybe is interested in a trade? Don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. Find someone that you see doing it. Very few of them would turn you down as far as talking to you. Every blacksmith I know wants people to be interested in, especially young people. Yeah. So just ask them. And that's the first thing that you said when I when I contacted you and I said, you know, would you mind talking to my son? You said, absolutely. Sure. Because if you can't build their interest in it, then where is the trade going to go? They're the future of what's going to happen. I mean, I know what my passion is for it and I want others to be passionate about it. And so if you can get a kid interested in it, that's that's great. And maybe it's not something he does for his whole life, but maybe it's something he carries with him. Right. Yeah. I have no idea and, uh, where this is going to lead us. But, absolutely. But right. But it could, though. It could. It, it, could, it absolutely you, could. You know, who knows? He could be the next greatest knife maker in the United States yeah. or in the world. I mean, it. the sky's the limit. Right. It really depends on what, where he wants to take it. Right. And, so. and I think at this point, I don't want to stop him or slow him down. I want him to take it as far as he can with whatever he wants and, and just to see where that takes him. One of the things that I see, it's, it's really build his confidence. 
Right. Um, Because he feels like he can do something. Yeah, it really has. And and so this is his thing. And he has done a lot of research. Like, you know, he's looked into what he can do and what kind of metal he should use and how to build a forge and all of that. And he's kind of take ownership of that. Sure. Well, because he's building knowledge and knowledge creates confidence, right? Yeah, it really does. He now has like a field that he's starting to feel like he knows something about. He knows something yes. that other people don't know. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's that's great. That's a big thing, you know, yeah, having that really sense is. of being able to do something. Every kid needs to find that thing. And some, it's being leaders in clubs and others it's sports. And so everyone needs to find that something. And when they do that, if they get the support around them, whether it's teachers, counselors, parents, siblings, that just builds them up. You know, when you're feeling down, you feel like you can't do anything, nothing out there for you. But if you if you have that thing that you're feeling good about and yeah. good about yourself about, then, then you're going to go chase after it. Three things, three pieces of advice that you think that you would recommend to a student? Don't be afraid to ask someone. Find someone and ask them about it. Work hard. Always work hard. It doesn't take any skill to work hard. And no matter what you're doing or where you are, you will always impress people by being a hard worker. People that were guys that work for me in my yeah. shop, they see it in kids that have come in. If someone isn't a hard worker, you see that right away. And I always try and impart that. Like that, I'm going to stay on that for a second. Like that, yeah. that's a big thing. I think you know. There's more around that showing up on time. All of that taking more on. Right. Asking and questions. Anyone you work for, if you can, if you can be in that, you want to expand your knowledge. You sh- most people, if you show them that that's what you're interested in and you're willing to be there and do extra and whatever it is they ask you to do, you're going to move up the ladder with them in their mind. Yes. You know, and then and never stop expanding your knowledge. A big thing. Um, always work at no matter what, even if it isn't in the skill that you've chosen to do, pick something mm-hmm. else and just keep using your mind and expanding your knowledge. Continuing education, you never can know it all, even, even about the thing it is you're passionate about. I sure. had this conversation with another blacksmith recently, you know, talking about people refer to you as a master blacksmith. I don't feel that I am, even though I've been doing it for 20 years, there's still so much knowledge out mm. there. Like I want to chase that knowledge down. There's more things that I want to be really good at. And you can't be good at all of it, no matter, you know, it's, it's just continuing to do it. There's always someone better than you out there. And you see yeah. that person and you go like, all right, I want to do what they're doing right now. So what are things for a, a master blacksmith, when you look at one that you think is, what do you see differently? Like, what are they doing that you put them at that level? Just their skill level, their knowledge of the craft. A lot of it is experience. The path that I took to become a blacksmith was almost like a, like a backwards path. If you're in Europe and you take an apprenticeship, like the first thing they teach you how to do is make tools. Blacksmiths need to make their own tools. The only place you can get blacksmithing tools is from a blacksmith. And you know, no self-respecting blacksmith <laughs> wants to go buy their tools from another blacksmith, so you have to make your own. When you don't have an apprenticeship or a direction, so you just start making things. Like yeah. I didn't le- really learn how to make tools for a while. I was making things first. Oh, uh, okay. And you know, I struggled in that area. You know, it would be nice to have the ability to go the correct way, what I would see as the correct way. You make your own tools and then you start using those to produce the things you are. And in, in the tool making, you know, all 
all areas of forging are similar. So you have to have those that basic knowledge of being able to forge something, whether it's a tool or, you know, a beautiful piece of artwork, a functional piece of artwork, whatever it's going to be that you're going to make. It's all the same. It's, it takes the same abilities. There is an association, a local club. Can you talk a little bit more about those things? Sure. How do um, people get uh, involved? Uh, New York State Designer Blacksmiths, NYSDB. You can go to their website. It would be nysdb.org. And there's uh, five groups in New York State, and they all accept members. And there's a small fee to join for the year. It's pretty inexpensive. I want to say $25 or something like that. And then each club holds uh, meetings typically once a month. You know, you show up and there's someone that demonstrates. There's Iron in the Hat, which is like a big raffle that they do. People bring things for it, tools or things they've made and put it in. That kind of raises money for the club. And then there's usually open forging time. So, you know, if you're interested in blacksmithing, that's a that's a good way to get to involved in it. Sure. Okay, so you don't have to have any experience prior. No. You, you can, can you can usually just show up to the meeting. I think they'll let you go to two without being a member. Okay. And then after that they want you to join. Well, understandable. You know, you'll end up meeting people who have been doing it for some of them have been doing it their whole life. It isn't like going to a class, but there's a lot of education that you can get out. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, so, definitely. There's, I mean, a lot of shops will hold open forges. You know, sometimes people will just hold open houses. So, you know, you just have to know who's in your area okay. and then figure out if they're doing something like that. Mostly the ones I see doing that are professional blacksmiths. Now, there's not okay. a lot of professional blacksmiths. I can tell you that between here and New York City, there's probably only four real professionals, like doing large work. You get down by New York City, there's a bunch more because they can, you know, New York City is big and has a lot of money. They service New York City. In the country, in the the National Blacksmithing Association, I want to say there's only like 3,000 members. A lot of those members are hobbyists. So it's a pretty small percentage that are actually professional. You can find them. I mean, there's a huge community online. And, you know, you go to social media go to Instagram or Facebook, and there are just piles of blacksmiths. Most of my friends online are blacksmiths. I mean, you know, some of them I've gotten to know, some of them I don't know, but it's it's really, really great because you can see work from all over the world. Yeah, and see what they're doing. Russian blacksmiths and blacksmiths from Japan and South America, and it's it's cool. So do they work on different things, being in different countries, or are you still... Sure, everyone's got their own styles, you know, and, and some of them are... Some of them are doing different things. Some of them do more utilitarian stuff. And then some people are doing artwork, railings, and furniture. And and everyone's got their own style. And it's really, really cool. I want to thank you so much, not only for being the guest here today, but for everything that you've helped my son get involved in, learn about, connecting him with other people. It really has made a a huge difference in, in what he thought he could do with it what he has done with it. You know, they started out with the the grill and making it a forge. My husband and he have created an actual forge that they built from scratch. That's great. They got it working. If he could spend more time doing it, he would. I'm glad that I could help. I, yeah. I re- you know, it's it's great to see him as passionate as he is about it. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Know, you. So. Thank you so much for all of that. And then that's thank that. you for sharing your time today. I hope that the listeners out there take some time to go to your website, take a look at all the things that you've done, contact you if they're interested in maybe blacksmithing themselves, interested in maybe having some art done. We will have the information on the podcast so that they'll be able to connect with you at your different social media sites. For anybody out there who might have a child interested in any kind of trade and they're not really sure where to begin, 
They can contact me at sharphumanresources-buffalo.com. I would be happy to look into finding somebody that they can connect to, like Andrew, because you really helped us a lot. My main idea with Sharp HR Career Corner is to bring people in to talk about their careers, their trades, how they got started, where they're at now, and help people out there who maybe haven't found that passion. And, And they're looking and they're searching and they're trying different things. But listening to someone else's story, I find for myself, has always been really interesting. Sometimes it takes a little while to find that spot that they want to go into, but eventually they get there, and sometimes they just need a little help and a little direction. That's why I'm here to to do that. Thank you again, Andrew, for coming here and talking. We will see you next time on Sharp HR Career Corner. Have a great day. Thank you so much.